February 20th, 2024. We're in Masechet Bavakama on Daf Yodzai Namudalf. If you count from where the Perek ends upward, it's 15 lines up, two words before the end of the line. Amar Rabbi Yohana Mishum Rabbi Shimon Ben Yochai. The Perek will end with a derasha. My dikhtiv, what does it mean when the Pasuk in Sefer Yeshaya predicts about the future? It says, Ashrechim. Now the simple interpretation of this pasuk, taken in context, it's uh, thinking and predicting the future as we resettle Eretz Yisrael during Yemot HaMashiach, during the time when all is good, we'll be able to send out our shore, our hamor, our oxen, our uh, uh, donkeys, and they'll be able to find uh, food and graze al Kol Maim in all circumstances. In uh, every situation, there'll be uh, winds and uh, water, which is appropriate for the life and uh, sustenance of the animals. But instead of being Doresh, this pasuk as physical, material uh, sustenance for the animals, the Hachamim, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, understands this as reflecting something about us. How so? So again, what does it mean when the pasuk says that? Kol ha'osek batorah Any person who engages, who immerses themselves in Torah, the study of Torah, and the practice of gimilut hasadim, uh, being a gomel chesed, an individual who does good to others, zocheh, that individual will merit lenachalat shene shevatim. They'll be able to inherit, so to speak, uh, the inheritance of two shevatim, of two of the tribes. Well, already, what does he see in the pasuk about two shevatim? Well, regel and, ha- excuse me, hamor and shor mentioned in the pasuk are already markers for us. If you're familiar with parashat vayichi and parashat vizota beracha, the berachot to the different shevatim, you already know that shor is bechor shoro hadarlo em karnav. That's a reference to Yosef. A shor, for one reason or another, is likened to Yosef. And a hamor, more famous, is Yisachar, hamor garem roves ben hamishpetayim. So whereas the shor mentioned in the pasuk is code word for Yosef, hamor mentioned in the pasuk is code word for Yisachar. means already we're in some way understanding the pasuk as referring to somehow a person who's engaged in the right things, in Torah, in Gimilut Hasadim, they'll inherit something along the lines of Yisachar, and Yosef. Well, what's special about Yisachar and Yosef? We'll continue. Shine Iman, first and foremost, how do you know Gimilut Hasadim and Torah? I already told you how we got to two Shivatim, two tribes. Where do you see Gimilut Hasadim and Torah? Where do you see a reference in the Pasuk that if you do these things, well, that's what you get. Shine Iman, Ashrechem Zore'e, Ve'en Zeri'a El Sedaka, Shine Iman, Zerulachem. And so the Gemara makes a derasha, excuse me, lefi chesed. The Gemara makes a derasha that the Pasuk says, uh, talks about ziri'ah. Uh, ziri'ah is uh, sowing the field, is seeding the field. And the Pasuk elsewhere in uh, Sefer Hoshea uses that same lashon of zir'u uh, to sow or to seed the field. And it talks about tzedakah. And then harvesting chesed uh, means doing good uh, acts, which means to say that code word, back to the pasuk we began with, ashrechem zore'e, zore'e is a reference to chesed. 
a person who seeds something, which is not too hard for us to understand, a person who's involved with another person, helping, aiding, and assisting them is effectively planting seeds, helping them sprout, beginning their blossoming process. The in Mayim, where'd you get Torah from? Well, the Pasuk continued, the Pasuk that we're dealing with, it says, Zore'eh al kol mayim. It says, so you're involved in chesed and you're doing it al kol mayim. And again, the simple interpretation, there's water everywhere. You have the ability to graze and, uh, and send your animals out everywhere. But ve'en mayim ela Torah, when the Pasuk refers to water, it's referring to its code word for Torah. How so hoy kol sameh lechu Lamaim, the Pasuk says as well in Sefer Yeshayahu, in context of going and getting uh, knowledge, going and enlightening yourself, anyone who's thirsty, go for the water, rush to the water. In turn, when the Pasuk, again, as we decode this Pasuk, Ashrechem, praiseworthy are you. Zore'eh, Zore'eh is a reference to Chesed. Al-Kolmaim is a reference to Torah. And then the latter part of the Pasuk will talk about the reward. That's where we saw the Shor and Hamor. That's an interesting mention in the Pasuk. We don't often think about a person who achieves and fulfills both. We usually think about focusing on one or the other. There's the person who's involved with people, or there's the person who's involved in the study of Torah, the Gemara over here. Shortly after, don't forget, we just mentioned in the earlier Gemara that dichotomy, that schism between Kiyum HaMitzvot and Limud HaTorah, or Limud HaTorah LaHerim, if you recall, in the context of Hezkiyah HaMelech's eulogy, the Gemara was struggling. The Gemara and Masechet Kiddushin and Mem that we mentioned. Which one's greater, the study of Torah, the teaching of Torah, or the fulfillment of the mitzvot, the Gemara right after it, without telling us any connection, but we're suggesting it as such, is saying, you shouldn't really be striving for just one. We may have talked about which one takes precedence. We may have struggled, Tosafot, Rabbeinu Ta'am, Rashi, and She'il Tot. But ultimately speaking, what we're seeking, what we're searching is really both in tandem, the two at once. It's Torah and Gimilut Hasadim. The Mishnah in Perkei talks about the Torah really has a foundation in Torah and Gimilut Hasadim together with Avodah. But Torah and Gimilut Hasadim cannot and should not stand independent one of the other. You shouldn't just be immersed in Torah but not Gimilut Hasadim. Gimilut Hasadim without Torah, each one of them is missing the soul of the other. As a result, says Rabbi Yohanan, the name of Bishimon Bar Yochai, well, here's the Derasha. Now, what about the Zichiyah, the merit, your Zocheh, Lenachalat Shene Shevatim, as I mentioned earlier, that of Yosef and Yisachar, Vezocheh Lenachalat Shene Shevatim. Now that we dealt with the former part of the Pasuk, let's focus on the latter part. Zocheh Lekila Ki Yosef. Dichtiv Ben Porat Yosef Banot Sa'ada Ale Shur Vezocheh Lenachalat Yisachar. Dichtiv Yisachar Hamor Garim. Well, first and foremost, your Zocheh for Kila. Ki Yosef. The word kilah is not simple to translate. Uh, Rashi in his, uh, well, Rashi over here says that's what the Pasuk means. Banotza ada aleshur, hainu kilah. Kilah seems to mean something along the lines of Rashi in his commentary to the Torah mentions in one place that it's hen. 
Chaim is also not an easy word to translate. Maybe charm or something that brings others in. It's an attractive feature which need not be physical. A person just has it. That's Chaim. That's Kila in this context. And as a result, the pasuk that's cited in our Gemara is how, the way Rashi translates it in his commentary to the Torah, is that the women in Egypt would walk over gates in order to peer at, in order to just get a glimpse, a glance of Yosef. So the description first and foremost is, you'll be like Yosef. In what respect? It doesn't mean uh, only in financial gain. That will be the Issachar angle. It rather means in terms of charm, in terms of your ability to uh, come in contact with others and impress them. Furthermore, the Pasuk says, as our, we understand, you'll be like Yisachar. What does the Pasuk say about Yisachar? He's a Hamor Garim. Uh, very, it doesn't sound very flattering. What does Hamor Garim mean? Hamor is a donkey. God, well, what's that referring to? Rash, uh, Rashi, three lines before the Perik ends. Mitargimina or mitargama atir binichsin. Rashi cites from the Targum Onkelus, who says that hamor garem, hamor milashon homriyut, means physicality, means materialism. Hamor garem means you're atir. In Aramaic, we switch the taf with the shin. You're ashir, you're wealthy with, well, a lot of goods. So the Pasuk then is referring to, if you immerse yourself in Torah and Gimelut Hasadim in the proper fashion, first and foremost, you'll merit that enigmatic, mysterious kila, hen. Furthermore, you'll be wealthy in the fullest sense. It the amre. Alternatively, it means yesh. Again, the taf and shin interchange in Aramaic. Yesh she'omrim, a different version as to what does it mean to inherit the nahala of Yisachar and of Yosef. Our first interpretation is hen and material gain. Oyevav nofilin lefanav ki Yosef tichtiv bahem yinagach yachtav avse aret. First and foremost, it's the fact that you'll be protected. The pasuk says with regards to Yosef, his enemies would fall in front of him. That's your nahala of Yosef. Again, the pasuk referring to the shor as Yosef, and that indeed is the pasuk in which it's bechor shoro hadar los as the pasuk bahem with those horns, the karnereim karnav. In a gah yachtav of Sayarit, he'll be able to wipe out all the enemies. And the greatness of Yisachar is not per se his wealth in this interpretation, but rather his bina. How, so what's bina? High level wisdom and intellect. It's a pasuk in which Yisachar's greatness is his ability, their ability to understand. What will be done? What will uh, what, what will Yisrael do? The nahalat nahalot, according to this interpretation, is a little bit more fine. It's not per se a material gain from Yisachar. It's the ability to discern. It's the ability to have a enav uh, a person can understand and put things together while at the same time being afforded that protection of, as the Gemara understands it, Yosef. Why this pasuk? What's so special about this? This pasuk in Yeshaya? I'm not 100%. I mean, I think he was Doresh every Pasuk. And I think the reason this was brought here, though, at the very least, is because he found in this Pasuk Torah and Gimilut Hasadim, which I think links us to the last Gemara. I think that's why this is. No, I don't think it's the only Pasuk. I think there were many Derashot. I think they found this one. Oh, I have one. I have another. I have another suggestion. I mean, I don't, I don't know the answer, but I'm telling you another suggestion. Did you, know, did you realize what our chapter and the next one will really be dealing with? All sorts of animals, especially a. Sure, you found the pasuk in which you can link 
Shor, Hamor, Gimilut, Hasadim, Torah together. What a beautiful way to finish the Perek in that respect. Hadran, oh, that's what Nathan said. Hadran Avot. That in turn finishes our Perek. It's a beautiful ending because it reminds us as we immerse ourselves in these. Torot of Nizikin. On the one hand, there is the intellectual understanding of Torah in just achieving Talmud. We understand it. We heard the words of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We understand his message. But furthermore, what should be coursing through our spiritual veins throughout this limud is a certain gimilut hasid. As I mentioned, the Gemara will tell us on Daflame, the person who wants Haiman de Libae Hasida, a person who wants to be a, a uh, Hasid, wants to be a pious person, what should they be studying? One opinion, Masechet Berachot, or the, the concepts entailed in Masechet Berachot. Makes sense. Berachot, Tefillah, Kiryat Shema, that's how you're a pious person. Another opinion, Masechet Avot, makes a lot of sense as well. It's even a, it's a Mishnah, Masechet Bava Batra as well. Uh, avot means uh, the sayings of the fathers, of our hachamim, uh, teaching us how to live an ethical life. The third opinion is you should be studying Sidra de Nizikin. You should be learning these laws. Why should I be learning these laws? What do these laws have to do with being a pious person? These laws just have to do with you damage what you do. These laws should be giving us a certain sensitivity. They should be uh, turning us into people who have a sensitivity to the people and world around us, not only focused on ourselves. By definition, nizikin means I'm responsible not only for myself. So we're learning this betur limud. Masechet Bavakama teaches us, uh, well, chokmata Torah, parashat mishpatim. But furthermore, it can and must refine our character, turn us into gomle hasadim. Yes, Dante? It also Oh, how do you like that? Even better. Even says Regel, which by the way, oh, that's perfect. Which by the way is the next Mishnah. Kesad Haregel. That, that really, I think you got it. Uh, that's that's uh, better than anything. I think all the messages are true. But the next Mishnah, which starts the, the second Perek, is the words Kesad Haregel Mu'edet Leshaber. Uh, so the next words are Kesad HaRegel, and that Pasuk, in fact, explicitly talked about a Regel. Uh, so uh, this Mishnah, uh, we'll read it first in the way Rashi reads it, and then we'll suggest Tosafot's alternative interpretation. Well, let's read the words Kesad HaRegel Mu'edet Lishaber Bederech Hilucha, Habehema Mu'edet Lehalech Kedarka Ulishaber. Uh, let's pause there. Uh, so there seems to be either two statements or a question and a statement. Uh, there's certainly a question at the beginning. How do you read this first question? Kesad, and before you jump on me, Eli, there's two ways of reading it, so give me a chance. I, I'm aware, I know, I see you in the yellow eyes and the footnotes and everything. Kesad haregel mu'edet, Rashi says, pause there. How is regel mu'ad, Rashi? Kelomar in other words, Rashi is telling you put a question mark over there. Question mark. How is regel mu'ad? Well, we know what the word mu'ad means. Mu'ad means I pay full damage. Ketzad means under what conditions do I pay full damages for what we call regel? Before I continue even reading the Mishnah according to Rashi and then Tosafot, let's pause for a second and ask, why are we talking about regel over here? Well, the next uh, Rashi, no, not the next Rashi. Uh, let's, let's already ask, well, why are we talking about regel over here? What, what is this Mishnah's connection uh, to what we uh, learned in the past, what Tosafot really deals with. Well, what's the context over here? Um, why Regil? I mean, what, well, that's the first of the Avot Nezikim we wanted to deal with. Tosafot here on the left-hand side, the bottom, the fourth from the bottom, says, Amatnitin de Perekama Ka'e, period. 
First and foremost, says Tosafot, this is standing, I mean standing on the Mishnah from Perekama, from the first chapter. Well, let me read to you that Mishnah for a quick moment. It's the last Mishnah we learned in the last Perek. Hamisha tamin v'hamisha mu'adin. Remember this Mishnah? Ha-behemayin ha-mu'edet, lo-ligach v'lo-ligof v'lo-lashuch v'lo-lirbot v'lo-livot. Ha-shen mu'edet le-echol atara'uila. Ha-regel mu'edet lishbor b'derech hilucha. Pause for a second. Did you follow the ordering over there? It went from Shen. And then it talked about Regel. And then afterwards it talked about all other ones and it finished by talking about Adam. So I'm finishing that Mishnah. I said, gentlemen, let's go in depth on that Mishnah. So which one? He either starting with Shin, which is the first, or start with the last one, which is Adam. That was a little bit funny. The Mishnah talks about number one, Shin. Number two, Regel. Blah, blah, blah. Number five, Adam. Uh, if we're counting it like that. But why does this Mishnah start with Regal? That's the very basic question of Tosafot. Amatnitin de Perekama writes Tosafot Ka'e. Vetema? And it's a question. If this Mishnah is basing itself on the way that Mishnah was Poteah, began, Litne Ketzad Hashin. So then our Mishnah should likewise start with Shin. Do we understand that question so far? U Beresha. Vi Adesalik. And if our Mishnah is going on what that Mishnah finished us off on, the Mishnah over there ended with Adam. It's hard for me to understand. I give you a list. I introduce the class. Here's a list. Number one, two, three, four, five. Now let's go in depth. And I start with number two. Why are you starting with number two? The Omer Ri, Tosafot suggests in the name of Ri, Indeed, we're going based on that which we began with. But wait a second, the Mishnah over there began with Shen, not with Regel. The Shen Regel kehad hashive. Shen and Regel, we lump them together. Why do we lump them together? After all, it was the same Pasuk which taught us the laws of Shen and Regel. Remember, that's right. Mishum deshavin bihilchotehen umehad kera nafke. They have similar laws. What's the, what's the equivalent law to both Shen and Regel? They can't, if they're in Rashut Arabim, they're not Hayav. If they're in Rashut Anizak, they are Hayav. Where do we learn that from? Right, those are the words, so they have the same law, learned from the same pasuk. So the suggestion of Tosafot is it goes like this. The last Mishnah talked about Shin and Regel. Count that as number one, two. One, two together. All right, finished number one, two together. I said, let's go back and analyze number one, two. It's easy for me to start with number two. It was really connected to number one. I finished it. That's the suggestion of Tosafot. Again, it's a technical issue, but that's what Tosafot focuses on. Yeah, so it goes like, I got what you're saying. It goes like this. Here's how Tosafot will read it. And so you start the Mishnah, you told me the five Mu'adim. Then you say, well, what is the difference, generally speaking, between Tam and Mu'ad? And especially in the context, it's going to come up in Kerin. And now let me get back to what Mu'ad was. It'll have to be something like that. Rush. Yes, uh, but it makes sense. It's a detailed insert before I get to the initial detail. Uh, Rashba alternatively suggests that this Mishnah is a continuation, interestingly, of the first Mishnah in Armaseket. First Mishnah said, Arba'a avot nizikin. 
What are they? Hashor, Habor, Hamavreh, Hahevreh. According to the opinion of Shimuel, Mahloke Rav and Shimuel, with regards to Mavreh, what's Shor? Shor is Regel. So our Mishnah then is starting with Regel, because the first Mishnah started with Regel. Okay, back to the Mishnah. Kesad HaRegel, we're reading it like Rashi now. Mu'edet, question mark. How is Regel Mu'edet? What is the circumstance, situation where I would pay full damage? It's considered what's called Regel. Again, we have a pasuk in the Torah, trampling. The answer, says the Mishnah, Lefi Rashi, Leshaber B'derech Hilucha. It's that it breaks in its fashion and its normal way of walking. Then the Mishnah continues, period. What did that next sentence add? Let me translate it. The animal is mu'ad, is going to pay full payment, is forewarned to walk in its regular fashion and to break. That sounds like the exact same thing. You said the same thing twice. You may have changed the word. What's that? So we added the word kidarka. Kidarka means it's not intention to damage lehazik, it's just normal. But the truth is, wasn't so different. You didn't really talk about kavana per se any more in the second line than the first. Not really that different. Uh, that's going to be, I mean, the Gemara will ask this question. The Gemara will say, why'd you start with Shor and then talk about Behema, which effectively is the same question for Rashi. Look at Rashi, Leshaber Bederechilucha, Kilomar. Rashi, on both of the first two lines, adds that one word, Kilomar. Kilomar, in the contemporary Hebrew, you can throw around easily. Kilomar, 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 certainly in the issue, in the, the Israelis in the yeshiva, they were always saying Kilomar. But Kilomar in Rashi is a very particular word. Kilomar, this is what I was taught in many writers, Kilomar in Rashi means I'm telling you something that you could have and maybe would have understood differently. In other words, pay attention to my words. It's a grabber. Rashi says, Kilomar, in other words, don't translate it the other We don't know the other way, although Eli does. He looked at the footnotes already. But Kilomar is telling you, don't learn it like Tosafot. But anyway, Kilomar, Bekachi Mu'edet, it's an answer to the first question. It breaks in its normal way of walking. Rashi already tells us. The Gemara is going to ask the question. You already told me. Now Rashi reinterpreted that line in the Gemara. You see the line he quoted to us from the Gemara? The Gemara is going to say. The Gemara will focus on the way in which you articulated, you spoke out the animal. You called it a foot or you called it an animal. Rashi says the question is a little bit more broad. This is a little bit of a dohak in Rashi. Rashi says the question isn't so much just about the words, regel and behema. The question is, you're repeating yourself. You told me, leshaber derechilucha, and then you told me again, lehalech kedarka leshaber. Okay, that's the way Rashi reads this Mishnah. The Tosafot understands this differently. We'll read it in a moment, but let me just read you the Mishnah. It's, it's a, a major difference is always when you don't have something punctuated. The question is where you put the question mark. Tosafot reads the Mishnah like this, and read more specifically. Kesad haregel mu'edet leshaber bederechilucha? Question mark. Well, that's all one long sentence. The sentence is, how is it, or under what conditions, be more specific how a regel breaks in its normal way of walking? Answer, habehema mu'edet lehalech kedarka ulashaber. So you added one word into there significantly, and that is lehalech. It's when it's walking. Uh, again, uh, it's a little. Uh, uh, um, 
Well, you have, excuse me, but together, walking and kedarka in its normal fashion. Uh, you have those words added in, which tells you, as, as uh, Judah said succinctly a minute ago, it has everything to do with intention. Now, the Gemara's question will still stand according to Tosafot. It's just less fundamental. The Gemara's question will be, why does the second word in the Mishnah say regel? And then, I don't know, the sixth or seventh word says behemah. It should have been consistent. But if you look at Tosafot, it says in the middle, um, okay, they're dealing with that. If you look at uh, Tosafot here, um, in the middle of the line, That's all the question. So we said earlier the behemah is mu'edet, so we're mentioning that in one fell swoop the behemah is mu'edet lehalech kedarkalush. Okay, to answer that for me, right, that's how you read this first line. It'll get a little bit more fundamental as we address this further in the Gemara. But so, so either way, we'll read it like Rashi for the moment, although we can keep Tosafot's reading in mind. The first line, first three lines of the Mishnah said something that all of us, I think, in the most simple sense, have known already, and that is there's something called regel. Regel means the animal tramples and damages in its way of walking, without any intention to damage, just with intention to walk. That's called hezek derech halicha. Kesad haregel mu'edet? Question mark. We're reading like Rashi. Leshaber bederech hilucha. Period. Habehema mu'edet lehalech kedarkau leshaber. Period. Sounds redundant. Gemara's question. Hayeta meva'etet. What if the animal is kicking? Or shahayu sirorot minatezim mitahat ragleha. Or alternatively, it's not kicking. It's rather walking. But as it walks, there are pebbles which are flinging out just from the normal walking activity. What's the halakha in those two cases? You pay in each of those two cases, either it purposefully kicks the uh, rock, or it's walking and the rock flings out. Both of those situations, you don't pay full damage, you pay half damage. Let's understand those two, one after the other. The first one, kicking a rock. Why are you obligated to pay half damage? It's not direct, it's not normal. It's mishune, it's what we call keren. The first one is keren. Keren is kicking. Kicking with the intention to damage is keren. The second one, it's walking, and as it walks, it flings out. That's what we saw in the first perik. Twice, it's something called hatzinezek serorot, halachal Moshe misinai. That is regel. Indeed, it is regel. It's walking with no intention to damage. But since it flung out, it's a little bit different. Our tradition, halachal Moshe misinai, is hatzinezek. Is it considered kenas or mamon? We said that it's considered mamon. Uh, that's the halacha. So Rashi, on the right-hand side, hayetam eva'etet shinui huze. Now she's explaining to you why you're paying half when it kicked. It's not normal. And that is a derivative of Therefore, the first three times you pay only half. The second one is normal way of walking. There is a difficulty. If our Mishnah was talking, remind me. The first, second word in the Mishnah is Ketzat Regel. We're talking about Regel over here. Why did we mention Meva'etet? Meva'etet, we all just collectively said, is strange, not a normal way of doing it with intention to damage, and it's therefore a tolada of Keren. What's it doing in our Mishnah? Why is Keren mentioned in our Mishnah? We're just talking about Regel. 
What? I understand, but uh, so I don't think you're saying the same thing. To, what's that? Tosaf. No, no, no. Gorim doesn't belong here. Why does this belong here? So you can say it differently. It's a similar act to walking and them flinging out. In both of these situations, when you walk by, you see an animal, and how's the damage taking place? By something flying off from the animal and damaging. So it's true, we're really only mentioning it for the second one. What's the second one? Menatezit derechilucha, what we call hatzinezik serorot, which is regel. We mentioned agav, which means, by the way, writes Tosafot, also the keren situation of mevaretet, because it's similar. Put it in parentheses, Tosafot. But it's a kidding. Kidding the first three times is half. You're right, the fourth time it would be. It's only being mentioned here because the first three times is half, and we want to be clear, it's kidding. So that's our way of talking about it. Tosafot hayitam mevaetet, just a few words. Agav means on the back of since, since it's similar to the case where you're walking, the animal's walking normally and it's flinging up, it is therefore chosen to be taught over here. That's what Tosafot is bothered by and answering in just a few words so you can understand that appropriately. Okay, back in the Mishnah. So again, says the Mishnah, uh, what are we dealing with? Hayitam mevaetet. We explained. Kerin. Or serorot veshiberat hakelim meshalem hatzinezik. Next, daresa al hakeli. If it trampled, it walked on a utensil veshibarto and it broke it. Easy, easy regel, right? But what about then the nafal al keli? But the broken shards or the broken utensil which happened through the walking on it then fell uh, some sort of avalanche and broke another keli veshibero and broke the next one. On the first utensil which you walked on and broke, of course you're paying full amount, that's called regel. The second one you're paying hatzinezik. Why are you paying hatzinezik? Because it's mishune. It's not normal. That's not a normal way of walking and damaging. Normal way of walking and damaging means I trampled on it. Over here, it's an avalanche effect, a domino effect. That'll be kidding, nothing more. The Mishnah now concludes by talking about Hatarnik. The, the Gemara doesn't say so. <coughs> They're quoting you, Mefarshim? No. no. Uh, before it did with regards to the dog eating the lamb which ultimately speaking, we were uncertain which way it was going on that, and if that was But over here, why would that be? Uh, you're saying, if it's normal for it to be, it's still an abnormal way of damaging, so it wouldn't make a difference to the best of my knowledge. Maybe it should be nothing? How's it gonna be nothing? I damaged someone else? Oh, because you want to say it's koh, uh, Okay, so we'll deal with that a little bit later on Daf Kaf Bet. We'll deal with the Rishonim and the Gemara on that later on, but that's a good point. What Nathan says already, we should be thinking about the fact that it's an indirect, so much so that I didn't even, I, I, my animal kicked this and it broke and then broke another thing. It's so far removed. Maybe I would be entirely exempt. We'll deal with that in a different context and we'll hopefully circle back to this. Yeah, good point. The Mishnah concludes over here. It says, Hatar Negolim. 
Uh, we've been talking about oxen. We've been talking about cows and things of that sort. What about chickens? Mu'adin lehalech kedarkan. They're no different than uh, animals. Chickens would be the same. If they're lehalech kedarkan, if they're walking in a normal fashion, uleshaber, and they break. Obviously, they're not so heavy, but if they step on, I don't know, uh, thin glass, uh, they step on uh, something that's easily broken through them walking on it, that's going to be nezek shalim. Hayad dalil kashur beraglav. Rashi says dalil is anything that's connected to a chicken. It's known as the dalil. Then Rashi says v'yesh gorsim some have the version Dali. Dali means a pail. Either way you go, it means something is connected to the ribbon, string, anything else. Well, she says anything. How about that? As if there's anything connected to the chicken, or if it's Rashi says mehades means it's dancing, it's miraket, it's moving around like a chicken. And it broke utensils. What's the halacha in those two situations? Why so? Not normal. What's the hidush of the latter part of our Mishnah? I mean, we'll address it now in Gemara, but the idea being it doesn't need to be an animal which damages. It could be as well a bird. When we talked in the Torah even, specifically about animals, we didn't mean animals. We meant birds as well. The truth is, uh, in the situation where it... Um, it effectuated something else. Uh, excuse me, because I, I missed it. That dalil kashur in the dalil situation where there's something connected to it, and that in turn damages. Says Rashi. Excuse me, one more time. We have two cases here in the Mishnah. You have something connected to it, and it uh, broke, or it's dancing, and through the dancing, what happens? So you could have said through the dancing it. It broke. That's no difference. You would pay Nezik Shalim. Rather, says Rashi, the situation is it's dancing and something went uh, flying off. Oh, so what, what, what's the halakha? Look at Rashi. Mishalim hatsi Nezik. The dalil hainu serorot kin faresh va gemara de adia aduye. Hidus namek kigon shetisa serorot shiberu. Uh, in these two cases, we're dealing with a normal way of walking or dancing. Something flung out from that and damaged another. In other words, instead of, let me just be clear, I mistranslated the final, misexplained the, the final line. I said that these two chicken cases are like Kedin. It's like a strange thing. Rashi, quoting from the Gemara, says, it's not Kedin, it's Regal. If it's Regal, how come you're paying Hatzinezik? Because it's a type of Sirorot. What's Sirorot? Sirorot is our classic Case. The animal's walking and the pebbles went flinging out. Now you're paying half. The second case is easy to understand. You're dancing and the stones or the pebbles flung out, not the way I translated on, on thin uh, uh, glass. And the first case, Rashi says, the Gemara will help us understand how that as well is. So the Gemara will tell us, you would have thought, we'll see it in a moment or tomorrow, you would have thought that when the Torah talks about animals, maybe for some reason or in the Chaboy, you only talk about animals. Who said this applies also to all livestock? Who said it applies to chickens and to, to birds as well? That's what the Gemara will say. That's the Chidush. What do you mean by find something to the He said they translated it as a ribbon of some sort. Because it didn't damage from its body, it damaged by means of something that was tied to it. If it damaged from its body, it's going to be regal. Something's tied to it, and as a result, it flung something else or something along those lines. That's going to be serorot. So Dalil is Kerem? Dalil Rashi is telling us based on the Gemara, it's regal, but serorot. Give, give it some time in the Gemara. By extension, if... Well, 
for the moment, for the moment, we're going to accept Hatzinezek. Rashi says the Gemara will help us understand how it's Sirorot. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with that when we get there. Um, we'll deal with that when we get there. Uh, no, generally speaking, if something's tied to the animal, as we're suggesting, and it's direct with the intention to damage, it wouldn't be a Sirorot situation. We're going to have to reinterpret it in the Gemara when we get there. Uh, it shouldn't be too long from now. Uh, the Gemara begins, however, with the, uh, the question that I mentioned already that Rashi, or rather Tosafot and Rashi alluded to, and that is Amar le Ravina le Rava, Hainu Regel, Hainu Behema? Question mark. Why don't the Mishnah start with Kesad? Ha Regel Moedet le Shabedere Chiducha, and then it goes on and it says Ha Behema Moedet le Halech Bedarka. What's with the changed wording? Better yet, according to Rashi, what's with the redundant wording? According to Rashi, you answered the question already, and now you're only repeating it further. Hainu Regel, Hainu Behema, Amar le Tana Avot. Vekatane toladot. The suggestion is this is a mention in the Mishnah in a redundant fashion, according to Rashi, in a changed word, according to Tosafot, to include both avot and toladot. Well, what does that mean, Rashi? Tana avot regel mamash shedarsa beragleha. The first part, the first statement was regel. That's actually trampling. That's the av. Vesefa katane toladot behema mo'edet lahalech kedarkau l'shaber begufal besa'arau b'shalif she'alea derech hilucha. And the next line, so if we go back to the Mishnah, it goes like this. Kesad haregel mo'edet. Translate for me. If an animal is walking and trampling with its feet, av, that's the case in the Torah. The next words, and this speaks to your point, uh, Jeffrey, habehema mu'edet lehalech kedarka, over there it's no longer talking about the legs. It's talking about the hair, it's talking about the, the rope which is connected to it, or its saddle, or anything of that sort. In that situation, if it's walking in the normal fashion, and anything else on its body other than its feet damages, what's the halacha? Regel, nezek shalem. Yes? So that's, that's what we do, we're doing in the Mishnah. So one more time, the Mishnah starts with the words ketzad haregel. Why does it continue and say habbehema to tell you? Regel, av. That's the case in the Torah where it tramples with its feet. It continues and it says behema to tell you everything else. Again, we'll have to explain why the dalil is something else. We'll get there when we talk about it in the Gemara. So again, amar le tana avot vekatane toladot. So that's what we have over there. Let's just start the question. Ela me'ata, the question from Ravina back to Rava was Sefa de Katane Hashem Mu'edet Habehema Mu'edet My Avot Umay Toladot Ika The question he flings back at him, no pun intended, is he says, what about the next Mishnah? The next Mishnah talks about Shem. Shem, not easy to pull off. Av and Tolada. When I'm dealing with Regal, like I said, the Torah talks about trampling. I'm talking about anything on its body, anything connected to its body. When I talk about Shin, it means eating. Well, what's the Av and what's the Tolada? And we'll get there and deal with it tomorrow. Baruch Amen, Amen.